We're a church that's serious about the gospel, and so of course we like hearing stories about people believing and coming to faith in Christ. But there's a danger in too quickly acknowledging belief as full saving faith. We see it in a passage before us today. We'll talk about it a bit more. I'm Pastor Russell, and this is Beyond the Notes. Okay, right out of the gate, we are, we are in the Gospel of John and have been, and right out of the gate, I want to I put it on the table. When John uses the word believe in his Gospel, most of the time he's talking about saving faith. You can tell by the context, but sometimes he isn't. And, and the fact that, that the word believe can be used in the Word of God as something other than saving faith, I think raises a, raises a caution for us, uh, an awareness level warning that we would be wise to pay attention to. The example from the, from the text we've been looking at in John 8, John, 8 chap, uh, John chapter 8, verse 30, uh, Jesus is talking to people. We're still in that, in that setting around the Feast of Tabernacles. This probably is multiple conversations that are kind of joined together sequentially. But in the course of the conversation, John 8, verse 30, the, some of the, some of the uh, un, unsaved Jewish people that John is talking to, the Bible says, and as he was saying these things, many believed in him. And the context makes it pretty clear that he, he continues to talk to these same people in that, in the very next verse, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him. So the, the conversation is still continuing, and these people have been labeled as having believed. So in this conversation, it would be very easy to go, oh, wow, these are now, these are newly born again people. These are, these are true followers. But as the conversation unfolds, uh, he's going to he's going to tell them in the next paragraph that they are uh, still connected to their father, the devil. <laughs> he's going to say that the reason you don't hear from from me is or my words is that you are not of God. That's down in verse forty seven, and I alluded to this in the message in verse fifty nine. He says, "Are they are ready to pick up stones to kill him?" Well, that's not Christian. So there's something going on here that, that their, their belief, while a good thing, should not be mistaken for saving faith. And there are a couple of other examples. Um, in, John, in John chapter 6, right after the feeding of the 5,000, while the, the specific word belief is not used, uh, they, were, they were ready to make him a king. In verses 14, 15, and 16 of, actually verses 14 and 15 of John 6, when the people saw the sign that he had done, in this case, the feeding of the 5,000, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. There's this big, uh, big, bold affirmation. And the prophet that is to come into the world is a reference to Moses's promise of a coming Messiah. So there's no question. This is an affirmation. They're affirming, this is the Messiah. We're super excited. Verse 15, perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king. And if Jesus perceived that regarding their intentions, well, Jesus is always right. So they were about to crown him king in that very moment. 
The same crowd follows him around the Sea of Galilee, the north side, bouncing back and forth a couple of times. And by the time that Jesus delivers the bread of life sermon that, that talks about internalizing him as a savior, not merely making him king for your own purposes, <laughs> verse 60 when many of his disciples heard it, that in their disciples doesn't mean the 12, it means those people who had started following him around the miracle. They said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? And in verse 66, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So they went from this big, loud affirmation of Jesus as Savior to, whoop, no, I don't want any part of that. Um, John 12, since we're kind of working in the Gospel of John, John 12, verse 42 and 43 speaks of some of the Jewish leaders. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So the, it says they believed but they weren't willing to be public about it because they loved the love of man more than they loved the love of God. And whatever that belief is, that's not saving faith. If you're not willing to love Jesus more than you love the affirmation of the people around you, that's just not saving faith. So I do believe we see saving faith in John 8, 31 through 36, but I believe Jesus spells it out sort of as a process. Now, most of us would agree that salvation happens at a, at a point. You, you pass from light to darkness. You pass from death to life. There's this point where there is the, the, the turning from sin and trusting Jesus by faith. There is, there is a point where before that point, one is lost, and after that point, one is saved. I would absolutely defend that. But I think often, experientially, as either we, we observe that in someone else's life, and even sometimes as, as we live it ourselves, that point can be a point in a process. It can be a season of life where when I went into that season of life, I was trusting to my own deeds and my own righteousness and my own works or my own whatever it was, my own whatever it was I was or wasn't believing in. And by the time I came out of that season, I was following Jesus with everything I had. And that whole season is just a season of storm clouds and, and, and difficulty and struggle and crying out. And at, yes, at some point in there, I just threw it all on the Jesus and gave it to him. But maybe I can't say that it was at you know 11.47 a.m. on the morning of March 19th, kneeling beside my bed and saying the following words. <laughs> And that's okay. I, uh, as an elder here, I hear a lot of salvation stories, and I am, I am, again, convinced it's always a point, but sometimes it's a point in the process. And the process matters. And who am I trusting and who am I following today matters more than my ability to pull up a date-time entry in a journal somewhere and know that I've got it pegged with precision. And I think we see that here when Jesus... In these first couple of verses, John 8, 31, 32, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's an abiding test. 
you know, and I think it's a, it's a valid one. He's they, they had believed, and so there was some level of interest and engagement. But again, we've seen in the Gospel of John that doesn't always mean saving faith. Sometimes it does, but it doesn't always. So they were paying attention to Jesus, and something about Jesus had intrigued them. And Jesus said to them, when you are abiding in my word, when you are in love with the word of God, when you want to know what I have to say, when you want your life to align with the way my father has expressed himself through me, the living word, and for us, ultimately, the written word, that's when you can begin to have real confidence that you have come to be a follower of Christ. And that, that interested engagement and that abiding in the word that, that gives that affirmation and that confidence that you are truly my disciple. Then Jesus says there's a couple of outcomes. Uh, he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. But then he uses and and it's sequence. So uh, you, you believe, good, now abide in my word and, and, and come to know that you are truly my disciple. And when that happens, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And so that, that abiding leads to that hunger to know and grow, which leads to that ongoing, freeing, sanctifying process. And again, we've defined freedom not as permission to do what I want to do in this moment. Um, I, uh, I love food, and I really love food that's not good for me. And uh, on the way on the way home this afternoon, it would be it would be fun for me to stop by two or three different fast food windows and you know load up on about five thousand calories I absolutely do not need. And there's really nobody in the world that would stop me from doing that. I've got a debit card in my pocket and I've got my car and I know where the drive-throughs are. But freedom is not permission to do that because it would be damaging to myself, and it's certainly not going to glorify the Lord. Freedom is capacity to not do that. Freedom is I don't, I don't have to let my whim drag me to places that don't do me any good. Freedom is I can behave in a way that is more truthful to my purpose as a, as a saved child of God. But it begins with knowing that you're born again, that, that believing, continuing into that abiding. Uh, the the uh, Reformation saints of a few hundred years back didn't use the phraseology, once saved, always saved. Now, that's perfectly good terminology, and I certainly would embrace it. But they spoke of what they called perseverance. And their, their way of saying it is that saved people persevere in their faith. Yes, they are in the grip of grace and are kept saved by Jesus, but they live out their kept savedness. While Jesus' greater grip is what keeps them saved, their lesser grip is always there. Mistakes occasionally, you better believe it. Imperfection, you absolutely better believe it but a strong desire. So, takeaway, if you're a born-again person, abide. 
and look for and expect that growing relationship with the truth and that growth in freedom. Hey, a while back, we recorded a two-part podcast on, on CRT, critical race theory and intersectionality and all that stuff. It's not the straightforward teaching of the word that, we'll, that that's what we usually do, but it is a, a very important current topic, and it certainly has um, biblical and worldview and faith ramifications. Uh, the first part of that is uh, on the McGregor channel right now. You can get that wherever you get NBC's podcast. Part two is supposed to drop tomorrow. And so uh, we hope that you'll get both parts of that. Get those, listen to those, share those, comment on those, and we will look forward to hearing from you. I'm Pastor Russell, and this is Beyond the Notes. Beyond the Notes.